0: to the fourth official soccer podcast today is the 25th of February and this is episode 26 Sulaiman, how are you feeling about our 26th episode of this great podcast
1: I feel very good I feel great it feels like an eternity since the last episode because a lot of soccer action has happened so I cannot wait to get into the action in this episode
0: yes and the UCL was back last last week this was great Um, And I want to start off with the, I would say, the top game. I mean, for me, at least, uh, Atletico Madrid versus Liverpool. Um, So obviously, Atletico played Liverpool last week. I think you predicted uh, that Liverpool were going to win, but I predicted a tie. But I will tell you this. I was shocked that Atletico was, was even able to score a goal. And uh, th- did this even surprise you? Did this shock come as a shock to you?
1: It definitely shocked me, given that I had predicted that Liverpool was going to win. So I had to just temper my expectations and watch the rest of the game. I have to commend Atletico in the way they defended and played a very compact style. It was shocking also that Liverpool couldn't find a way, which is something that we've known them to be able to break defenses with that tenacity over because of the Premier League, but they couldn't find a way. And it was just hard to watch them struggle.
0: Yeah, it was very hard. And uh, one person that found it hard to to play them was Klopp, obviously, and he complained about the tactics. And we had a similar complaint in the Europa League game between Hetafe and Ajax. Um, is this something that you think that Spanish teams are known for, you know, playing this ugly game where they basically sit behind and just you know try to go on the counter like is this something why are people complaining about this i'm really confused
1: it's definitely not what spanish football is known for like parking the bus is the antithesis of what spanish football is all about so i think this is just a well in the case of atletico they play that style but for getafe i think it's just a you know high free flowing and you just want to implement a strategy that nullifies IX. So, But I am tired of coaches complaining when they lose, and I would rather not give this complaint any airtime.
0: Well, let's move on to Atalanta versus Valencia. Surprising, shocking win, the highest um, uh, number of goals scored so far in this knockout round. Um, Atlanta scored four goals against Valencia. Uh, I mean, obviously, Atlanta. Atlanta was playing at home, but oh my gosh, did this really? This really made me go crazy. I, I couldn't believe the scoreline. I was expecting maybe at least maybe a, a two-two draw or something, but when I saw the scoreline at at four-zero, I was like, this is crazy. I, how, how did you feel about this?
1: Boy, I'm gonna change the topic real quick. Do you have the lottery numbers for tomorrow morning? Because I feel like you're really good when it comes to these predictions. You predicted Granada at the beginning of the season being very good. And also the same with Atalanta. And I feel like you were right on point. I was so happy. I feel like this team, like you said, they can have a very deep run in this competition and it's looking clearly like it.
0: Yes, and they actually again I've I've said this before they kind of play like li- the way Liverpool plays right now because they very much use their wing backs Hattabar and Gosens and those two are actually like Arnold Alexander and Robertson in such a way that they are you know when they're defending they're backward they come back except for Ar- Arnold doesn't really come back but when they're attacking they cross the ball to each other they they're able to make the runs into the spaces and play be you know play beyond the strikers and it's just crazy how it's like similar to Liverpool's style of play and I I mean I assume that Atalanta will qualify for this but if somehow they qualify and they and Liverpool qualifies and I would love to see both those teams play because I think they play some somewhat similar football.
1: I would consider Liverpool a heavyweight in that situation but before we can even talk about that scenario,
0: they have to get past Atlético. That is that is very true. Um, and uh, let's continue and talk about today's Champions League games. Uh, Bayern Munich played Chelsea. Uh, very shocking uh, uh, results here. Did not believe that Bayern could run away with three goals away from home. Um, is this is this something that you expected from Chelsea?
1: I expected that over the course of two legs that Bayern will prevail and this is because Chelsea as a team is a young team. Bayern is experienced and they are waxing stronger in chemistry as the season has progressed so I wasn't completely surprised but I also felt like maybe a 1-0 scoreline would have been more fitting to what I was expecting.
0: You're very correct and I before we even move on from this topic um, a lot of our listeners may not be watching the Bundesliga this season, but they may have not noticed that they may have not noticed that Alaba currently plays as a center back in Bayern Munich, and which means that the left back position is open. And this brings my my topic for for this game is Alphonso Davies. Uh, this is a player that is very underrated, and we don't realize how great of a left back this is. And this is actually a problem uh, that Bayern may have when Sewell comes back. Um, to to Bayern, um, but come on, did you, you you saw the goal today? You saw the assist that Alfonso Davids, uh gave Lewandowski. I mean, how do you rate this kid?
1: Definitely a big time player, and I want to make a plug, quick plug for the MLS that this kid came out of the MLS, so he's definitely doing America pride in Europe. But definitely, that run out there, and he made the defender that was coming in try to tackle him look stupid because I was like, why would you go in when you knew this kid is that fast? So definitely tough time play.
0: And moving on to Italy, uh, Napoli played Barcelona, and uh, this ended up a tie. Um, and obviously, I'm not shocked. Again, two teams that play kind of similar f- uh, football. Um, and, uh, you know, I'm, I'm surprised Napoli was able to hold them. Uh, but, you know, we'll see what happens in the return leg.
1: Quick question for you on this one: Are you confident that Barcelona can prevail after a in done?
0: Oh yes, I mean this is Nou Camp. Um, nou Camp is like a kryptonite for a lot of teams. It's hard to beat Barcelona in, a, at home. Um, if it was the reverse, maybe if they did a one-one at Nou Camp and then they they're going to Napoli for the second for the second leg then i would say okay yes maybe yes i believe barcelona is going to win it is going to lose this but i it's hard to beat barcelona and unless they have major injuries to messi for example then i don't see how napoli is going to win this game in the return leg
1: we definitely will wait and see how that pans out in the return leg and with that let's move on and talk about the english premier league the usual suspects liverpool played west ham and it was a 3-2 Hotly contested affair. Arsenal also had a very tight game with everything Arsenal prevailed 3-2. Chelsea, Frank Lampard managed to squeeze past Jose Mourinho's team in 2-1 and also left the city, lost narrowly to Manchester City 0-1. Manchester United on this hand beat Watford 3-0. But my game of the week, Boree, is the Liverpool-West Ham game. Liverpool coming from behind twice to tie the game and ultimately prevail. What are your reactions about this game?
0: Uh, very frustrating um, that I thought West Ham was actually going to be the first team to beat them in in the EPL. But again, I keep saying this: like Liverpool keeps winning by the skin of the teeth. Um, it's this is something they can't do against top teams like like Atletico Madrid that can frustrate them and prevent them from scoring goals. So I don't know what's going on with them, and I'm not. In no way I'm not I'm not saying Liverpool you know is a, is a bad team but the fact that they have to always do all these comebacks and all all these low scoring games uh, I mean of course in this case it wasn't a low scoring game but so you know there are certain teams that they should be beaten like five-0 and this is the difference between Liverpool and and Manchester City from previous seasons um, There are teams that they should be beating five-0 but they end up just being them one zero two one and it's just something that I've brought up as a concern and and again we can see the effect in Europe. I mean, you see them not winning games that they should be winning. They couldn't beat Napoli uh, in, in two legs. So when it comes to really, really top teams, they can't keep playing this way. And, and this is a habit that they need to stop. Uh, they need to kill the game right from the beginning.
1: So I agree that there's an element of luck or just some kind of serendipity when it comes to Liverpool playing. In this case, I think it was basically... Fabianski just giving away this tie. And it always comes down to something. It could be VAR or something, or some player with a rush of blood in the head considering a penalty kick at the end of the game that makes them win. So it's very interesting in the manner and fashion in which they've been winning. But they have a lot of records ahead of them based on the style and just the momentum they've been going with. So, I mean, if they can achieve all those records while winning... I mean, history is going to remember them for those records, and we'll just have to say that Liverpool team was one of the best teams that ever played in the Premier League. But until then, I want to actually move on to my talking point for this week in the Premier League, Borey, and it's in no other fashion than in the person of Bruno Fernandes, the new Manchester United acquisition. He has hit the ground running in the Premier League, and one thing I've actually started thinking about is he's great. He plays good on the field, but is influence on the team. I feel like the players have now found a new belief that they can actually play and be fun to watch. Have you have you caught a glimpse of that in the Manchester United team? I'm
0: go. I'm going to remind you this. When remember when Mourinho was sacked, when United went on. Uh, what? How many games were run? Like eleven games where they were just winning. The- or
1: something. Yeah, yeah, something
0: like that. Um they're very good with that they're very good at, at at building from a momentum and we've seen this before i think it's the same story all over again they have a momentum where they've bought this high caliber player and they are riding on that momentum and no i'm not in no way bashing united i mean obviously martial he, martial is getting his confidence back um, so he's scoring splendid goals, but again, we've seen this before. It, all it takes is for them to just lose their confidence in one game, and then things could go down. So that said, I, I don't believe that this team is back. I don't believe that this team is any good. I think they're just riding at the wave of this, of this uh, you know, new life, a new fresh air that has come in in the form of uh, Bruno Fernandez
1: interesting take and i couldn't agree with you more because we've seen this story unfold before so we'll wait and see and see how this pans out on the long run
0: yes i want to ask you again i feel like i don't know if you've been doing this in every episode but this is another episode that i'm gonna ask you this question where is pogba where is this guy I, i need to see like what is going on with pogba
1: I cannot answer you that question because I feel like my Manchester United friends, my connect that I would have asked are too busy rejoicing and fantasizing about the new list of life that Bruno Fernandes have had since he joined them, that they don't even care so much about Pogba anymore.
0: Yeah. Well, we'll see what happens uh, in a few games when they start losing and then they are like, Oh my gosh, but let's move on to the La Liga. Um, a very Uh, controversial situations in in Barcelona. They were were allowed to to sign a player. A lot of people have very mixed feelings about this. Basically, there is a rule in in La Liga that allows um, uh, teams in La Liga to sign a player if uh, a team has a very crucial injury that is going to be determined by a doctor that, If this player is out for at least five months, then they can make an emergency signing. So Barcelona went on to trigger the clause of Braithwaite. And this has really angered a lot of fans around the world and even outside of La Liga. And, you know, they're asking why this is a thing. Do you have any feelings towards this? Do you feel like they have put Leganes in a very tough situation because they've taken their star striker away?
1: Definitely, and that's my first My first position actually is it looks like nobody knew about this rule until Barcelona pulled it out of the rule book, like pulling the rabbit out of the hat. But yeah, the rule exists, obviously. So interesting approach to transfer business by Barcelona. And also, it put Leganes in a handicap situation. You're going to sign the star striker, and they, from what I read, they really couldn't do anything about this striker's decision to go with Barcelona because they met his buyout clause and there was nothing they could do. Yeah, And I I just felt like this is a team that's struggling, battling relegation. So where does that put them? Like Barcelona is getting everything they want while this team is obviously going to lose out, maybe even in the long run.
0: Yeah, and to be honest, I did know about this rule about you know if you meet the buyout clause. I, I actually thought the club had to agree to let the player go, uh, but it seems like uh, the buyout clause could be triggered anytime, which is why they made the buyout clause for Braithwaite three hundred thousand three hundred million. I mean, actually, um, so uh, we know that no one is going to be buying Braithwaite anytime soon. Uh, but let's talk about the game Barcelona played. Ibera and actually Braithwaite came through in this game. Providing an assist, I believe he provided another assist, but I feel like the, the assist should have gone to him, but basically he shot at the goal and the keeper punched it out and then somebody kicked it in. Uh, but the start of the, mat- of the match, the Magic Man, Leo Messi, scoring what I believe is a seventh quadruple goal in the game. Um, come on, is this guy back? I mean, this guy was not able to score for, in, what, in the past seven games or so, and he comes out with... Uh, with four goals in the game, how 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 are you feeling about this? Is he back? Has he got his mojo back?
1: Well, he never lost it. Back like he never left. So he's always had it. But I think sometimes even the best of us struggle. So maybe he had a few struggles, but I wasn't surprised. This is no, this is not a man model. This is Lionel Messi. So when I saw that, I was like, of course, who else? You know. So yeah, Messi. I'm very grateful for like just watching and enjoying the show that you've put on in the game of soccer.
0: Yes, speaking about trog- struggles, uh, Levante beat Real Madrid 1-0. <laughs> Very depressing, uh, but sadly uh, they have lost Hazard, hazard uh, for probably the rest of the season. People are saying he may be back in April, but I mean, at this point, it's just it's just bad luck. I don't know what else to say. Um, Atletico Atletico Madrid was able to find their scoring boots and they were able to score three goals against Villarreal um, this past weekend, but. The upcoming weekend uh, has one of the biggest, if not the biggest, matchup in the world in in the world of soccer. Uh, the El Clásico is back, and this will be played in Real Madrid. So I was going to ask you because this is my favorite thing to do on the episode: predictions, predictions time. You know, um, what do you think will happen in this El Clásico game?
1: Well, you're going to enjoy the rare occurrence of me admitting that I feel like Barcelona actually has an edge. They have a momentum they've been building for the past couple of games. And Real Madrid, on the other hand, has managed to squander a four-point lead in the last two games that led to this matchup that I feel like Barcelona definitely has a better chance of winning this game.
0: Yes, and my prediction is I actually think this may end up being a zero-zero tie. I think both teams are going to play conservatively, and um, because obviously if Real Madrid risks going all out, then they will be what five points, you know, away. So I think I I have a pretty I feel like Madrid is going to play conservatively. Um, I think Barcelona is going to. Tried to take the game to them, but you know, like I think PK was injured today. I don't know if he's gonna be back um, by the weekend, so uh, uh Barcelona is gonna also be probably trying to pick conserv- conservatively. So I, I think this may be a very boring El Clasico, and I'm actually, to be honest, I'm not really excited about it. But let's move on to a league that has been plagued by the coronavirus, uh, the Serie A. Um, had about five or four games uh, cancelled, sadly. Um, but um, let's talk about the games that did happen. Uh, Juventus uh, was able to beat Spile 2-1. Um, but again, I'm bringing this up because Spile is the the bottom team, but still, Spile was still able to score against Juventus, um, uh, albeit it's a, it's, it was a penalty. But do you think this could be the downfall of Juventus this season, especially in the Champions League, because it looks like their defense uh, is not up to par compared to previous seasons.
1: Definitely, I believe defense defense struggles as played Juventus, the introduction of the league on the team, and also the absence of Chiellini, who is now back. So it struggled, but I don't think, for me, I think it's more about team chemistry that this team doesn't have. Sarri balls obviously not on display, so... I, I think they will struggle and an all around lack of team chemistry.
0: Yes, and one team that you hate me or you hate me to talk about is Lazio. Lazio again won this weekend, three-two. Uh, you know, it, w- it was kind of like a scare because they considered the second goal later in the game, and they felt like they were gonna uh, Genoa was gonna score one more, but uh, Immobile scoring again, and Lazio still keeping that one point. Uh, space between them and Juventus. Are you still counting them out as a possible winner?
1: I am I, I am not counting them out. And I also I'm glad that they're in the race because we need competition in the Syria. This is nothing we haven't seen in the last few seasons. So I'm happy that they're in the race. I just think that in the pecking order order they come third just because of the strength of the other team they're playing against. They're competing against, but it's a welcome, welcome competition, and I'm happy that they are in the race. I also want to see new faces in the Champions League as well. And with that, I'm gonna move on and talk about the Bundesliga, Bori. This was a an interesting weekend or game week of some sort First, in the fact that Bayern Munich actually this was a prelude to what they did against Chelsea. Gnabry scored, and also Lewandowski scored. So it, it. Similar fights that we saw today when they played Chelsea. But newer had an interesting miss when he came out to clear the ball. And Dennis Fiberney just got past him and just dribbled past the entire Bayern Munich defense. I thought that was an interesting goal that he scored against Bayern Munich. But Gladbach tied 1-1. They had an opportunity oh. to win this game. But instead, they couldn't convert a penalty. And it, it's not other than Allison the player, who have, I feel like has been the best player this season. But he couldn't convert. Dutchman, though beat Wetter Bremen 2-0. And Erling Haaland now has nine goals in six games. Surprising, surprising how much of a goal scorer this young man is but the most interesting game for me this weekend my game of the week in the Bully, was Leipzig and Schalke 5-0 and this was a very it's, it was all spread out you have Werner and Sabitzer and everybody scoring but the guy I want to talk about who I think when you consider soccer as like a network of players I consider Christopher Nkunku to be the articulation point for RB Leipzig he assisted four goals in this route of Schalke. He didn't score any, but the manner in which he dictated the game, I thought was very important for Leipzig in this game and also going forward.
0: And to think about PSG, they could probably use those assists, especially in the Champions League, because um, they, they loaned him stupidly to Leipzig and and now he's, he's performing very well. And I'm... I have to say this. I- I'm shocked Schalke was able to concede that many goals. I mean, Schalke is not a small team in the Bundesliga, but it's also Leipzig, so um, we can't really put it past them. But very great game. I do want to point out that, uh, I don't know if you realize this, but Holland is so great that, you know, obviously he joined um, the club in January, and now he's currently the 10th highest goal scorer in the Bully, which is incredible for somebody that just joined the club or, or the league. A, you know, what, like, a month or two ago. Uh, it's just incredible. And I got to say, for Gladbach, um, this is one of those games where they just ran out of luck, um, and, and I can't believe that they were able to tie with Offenheim. But bringing it back home to Bayern Munich, um, Bayern uh, got luck in their game, in that game, in my opinion, and they really should have just tied that game, honestly. Uh, but obviously, uh, you know, they had that last final push, um and they were able to go past them. But I, I want to say Noya needs to probably retire. Because honestly, come on. Like, that was a very... Uh, it was a an Neuer moment, but he needs to be able to read the game better. And he maybe he's just slower. I don't, I don't understand. But he... I don't know. That was a very stupid play from him. And it makes me... You know, I keep going back to this. But Ter Stegen needs to start for Germany in the Euros if Germany needs, wants to have a chance at winning the Euros.
1: With performances like that from Neuer, I'm definitely starting to see reason why you say that.
0: Yes, and let's move on to the Ligue 1. PSG played Bordeaux, um, and I really just wanted to talk about this game, not because we love the Ligue 1. I mean, a lot of our listeners probably don't love the Ligue 1 because they probably think it's the Farmers League, but I want to understand... How PSG and has conceded nine goals in their last three games? Nine goals in the last three games, and this is supposedly the best team in league 1. And this is obviously also across Europe. They they conceded, uh, I think, what two goals in, in the in the Champions League. Um, but how how does a team like PSG concede nine goals? And all they can think of is buying more strikers. Is this like, don't they realize they need to
1: fix their defense? Someone must be thinking this is basketball, you know. You're judging how many go- how many points you can score. So,
0: yeah.
1: But yeah, yeah, I actually feel like the defense maybe it's time to get some revamping. In I have to commend them though, that. A lot of the players in defense are from the academy or or not the blockbuster high-profile signings that they usually get in attack. So maybe maybe they need to change the strategy in defense and go for the big money signings.
0: And guess who is behind? I mean, obviously we know Navas is in PSG, but again, I'm just surprised a, a player like Navas is, is considering that many goals. But, you know, we don't have time for this. We have to move on to the UCL predictions for tomorrow. Lyon plays Juventus. I can probably guess what your answer to this is, but I'm just going to give you the benefit of doubt. Um, what do you think will happen in this game?
1: i think juventus will prevail i, w- I don't think it's going to be by much but given the star power that they have on that squad i think they will get an edge maybe a one goal advantage away at leon
0: Interesting. what are your thoughts and well i think it's going to be a maybe a a 1-1 or a 0-0 uh, a game uh leon's probably going to go all out uh, in this game you know like all attack um, but I mean, obviously, I don't trust Leon. I, I, anything could happen. But to be honest, Juventus has not been good this season and they lose to small teams. And I would not put this team past them um, or, or I will not put this team as a team that they would just ride over easily. Um, so that's why I think it's maybe going to be like a, a 2-2 or 1-1 uh, a game. Um, or it could end up also goalless. But I think it's going to be a draw and then Juventus will finish the game off in Turin. Um But let's move on to the next game, Real Madrid versus Man City. Uh, this is a very, I think it's probably the one of the high-profile games in this knockout round. What are your thoughts?
1: Well, I echo your sentiments completely. This is the game that defines... Pep Guardiola's legacy out at Manchester City. Hopefully, he gets a chance to prove that he's a coach that everyone, every single one of the Manchester City supporters think he is. And I I think Manchester City has this. I think they have it tomorrow. I think they have it in the next leg. Otherwise, the, the, the Pep Guardiola legacy at Manchester City might be a very not as heralded as we've experienced in the past few years.
0: Yes, I believe this game. Uh, I don't know. I, I think Rembridge has the experience, and this is where they will have they will be able to trample over Man City. I can't tell you a scoreline right now, but I think Rembridge will have the edge uh, over Man City.
1: I call Manchester City two one.
0: Wow! Can't wait. I can't wait for the follow up episode of the podcast.
1: Definitely. And Borui, do you have a Random fact segment for us, this episode? You know, I always
0: have a random fact, and this is this one is very, very, very random, so I have to warn you and apologize uh, in advance. But, uh, you know, when we, we think about this player, Martial, uh, we call him Martial, Martial, Martial. That's not his name. His name is Martial. And I get, you know, I guess a lot of um, commentators, especially English commentators, say Martial. And I understand in the English language, T-I-A-L is Shial. Um, so I, I really understand from their perspective, but they need to get this pronunciation right. His name is Martial, not Martial. So um, if you've been saying it wrong, fix it now. That's it. That's my random fact.
1: Defi- um, I have definitely been saying it wrong, but I want to say I, I think you have some kind of interest in linguistics, and it might be a very good idea for you to pursue this further in any capacity that you can. But definitely Marcial going forward.
0: <laughs> of course yeah i'm no i'm gonna stick with soccer um linguistic is not my uh, it's not my forte interesting well our listeners that's all we have for this episode we encourage
1: you again to always check us out on apple podcast spotify and google podcast For official soccer podcast and also on twitter at First official sp
0: Thank you so much for listening and we can't wait to come back next week and tell you all about the games Thank you for listening and goodbye